So, you ready to start a podcast? Well, Spotify for Podcasters is the absolute perfect solution. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters. They make it super easy to record and edit right from your computer. And not only that, it lets you distribute your content everywhere and even earn cash. And the best part, it's absolutely free. You literally have no excuse. So I suggest you go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters and start creating today. So do you know any women personally in your circle that are communicating that they're struggling at hiring women that are struggling actually finding a man for any reason? Yes. Okay. What are they communicating the reasons might be? Exactly that, because they make money. And because they make money, it's an automatic assumption that they can't be patient, nurturing, be softer. Welcome to Hardly Initiated, where real men talk real shit, and it has gotten as real as it possibly can goddamn get. It's got spicy as a motherfucker, man. We oh turned up. Yeah. God. We are the <laughs> villains of the internet right now, but it's cool because Killmonger was my favorite, and you are tuned in right now with your host, Tyshawn Jackson, and my co-host, Ryan. Catch Ryan. How's your mental health right now, brother? Let's start off with your mental health. How's Listen, it man, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit because it's, some, it's some, some, some cruel shit in my DMs right now. Oh, a lot of four and five uh, little words. Yeah, it's crazy, man. But the thing is, I'm, out of all of the people, right, because let's say me and you in the room, we on, the, we on this side of the room, and it's a young lady who says, like, look at that broke, ugly dude over there. Uh-huh. I'm going to look at you like, shit, he must be talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very curious why many people didn't even absolve themselves from it, and so many people took it personal. But I guess that's what we're here to talk about today. That's what we're going to be yeah. talking about because yeah. this is going to be a very legendary episode here Absolutely. on the platform. You know, a lot of people say, you know, we got these young single bachelors giving their young single misogynistic toxic perspective. <laughs> I have been medically diagnosed as a narcissist yep. by so many unlicensed doctors. <laughs> it's and, incredible. And the conversation includes so many people. You talk about high, first off, high earning is, you know, we're talking about 300,000 plus. So all you babysitters and Uber drivers out there, get out my DMs because we're not even talking about you. Yeah, y'all are, y'all are, y'all are qualified, right? Based on the statement, I can. <laughs> right? <laughs> but look, we're gonna get into it because what I want to do is I want to introduce our very special guest. We have the first queen that we've ever had on the platform here today. That's gonna bring us a very balanced perspective. They say absolutely a balanced perspective. We have an entrepreneur. A serial entrepreneur and also, by the way, one of the owners of the dopest gyms here in Atlanta, the loft. If you don't know about it, you better find out. Absolutely. We have Queen Mrs. Halani on the platform here today. Mrs. Hey. Two Weeks Out. What's up, y'all? <laughs> Welcome I'm to here. the show. I'm here. We're going to talk today. You, you, you came, you woke up, and you chose violence. <laughs> you know? no, just, just a little. Just a little. You know, we got to set some things straight today. So that, and that's what this is about. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is about. But see, before we actually go into what everybody wants to hear, we're we going to get into the drama. Right. But before we go into the drama, what I want to actually do is I want to get to know you a little better because I want to make sure the listeners also can get some perspective on your background. OK. So first off, I want to take it back to you growing up. So talk to me about your household. How was your household structured when you was growing up as a young woman? Ooh. so my, my household was. 
I'm not going to say it was a typical black household. So my father's Jamaican. Mom was 11 years older than my father. Wow. Yeah. Boop, boop. Yeah, 11 years <laughs> older. Little, little, little um, what do you call it, sugar mama stuff going on. But <laughs> Cougar. You know, so it was three of us. So I have three older siblings from my mom's first marriage. And then in, in my household, it was myself and my two older sisters that are twins. Made very good money, both of my parents. My mom made more money than my father. My dad was a sheriff of Fulton County. My mom owned a daycare facility. Very high-earning woman, okay? Mm. But very passive woman at the same time. So my father was a womanizer, had several girlfriends. I have a little brother from one of his extramarital affairs. And, you know, the dynamic was arguing a lot. There was some physical violence from time to time. And so growing up, I'm not going to say the my childhood was necessarily happy. We were good financially, but in terms of just having that loving, nurturing environment, no, I didn't come from that. So, you know, that's why even now as an adult having my own household, I make sure that I tell my children every day how much I love them. They're hugged every single day. You know, we try not to have disagreements in front of our children because that's what I came from, and that's not what I want to project for my children now. Now, let me ask, why do you think your household had, you know, that level of tension um, or even toxicity? Was it was it necessarily because of your father? Was it because of the, you know, disparities in, in income? Like, wh what do you think it was if you had to, like, diagnose it? I think it had a lot to do with cultural differences. So my father being Jamaican, coming from Kingston, very, very poor background. Like, he and his two brothers, they shared the same undershirt, you know. So wow. it was that type of upbringing, whereas my mother... She didn't come up that way. She came up with, you know, a two-parent household, um, very much involved. She had two other siblings, you know, just totally different. And my mother was raised as one of Jehovah's Witnesses. So also having that background, my father coming in with no religious background whatsoever. And so I think just culturally, my father growing up in a household where they didn't say, I love you. There was no affection. And then here you are, you've got these three girls, you've got a wife, and you're expected to do all of that. But that's not what you know. And so you think you're showing love in different ways, but, but are you actually showing it? Mm. That's interesting. So uh, I think I saw from your one of your previous podcasts also that there was also a divorce yes. that ended up happening. And how old were you when that divorce happened? I was 16. And Wow, 16. And, and were you, are you like the youngest or oldest of your... I'm the youngest. You're the youngest? I'm the youngest. Okay, so you're the youngest in this household, a divorce happens, and... You know, divorce is, is, is really a death, like, to, in the family. It's, it's a lot to more. And I actually experienced a divorce myself. Mm -hmm. And I know it's a lot to everybody, the people experiencing it, the family members. And it could have also a lot to do with your future relationships. So how did that divorce affect, you know, how you view the relationships moving forward? And, it's, you know, it's funny that you say that. Because mm -hmm. I'll say this. In our household, the divorce was a good thing. Literally, I remember having a conversation with my mom and saying, you have to divorce him. You have to let this go. And that was like a light bulb for her because she also had a divorce with her first marriage. And so she didn't want that for us, me and my other sisters. And when we said, hey, you got to let this go, it was like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing to my family? So she did. And so while, you know, it's like a death for her, for us, it, it was great. And, and did you harbor any resentment to your dad, you know, putting your mom in that position to where she, she really wanted out? Absolutely. Absolutely, I did. And it's so funny because... Up until maybe three years ago, I really didn't have a good relationship with my father. Mm. Yeah. And so now the relationship is great. But, you know, in, in response to your question, what I experienced as a child definitely played over into my current marriage. Because um, I, as Ryan and I were talking before the show, you know, I used to harass the heck out of Jason. <laughs> 
Because I, you know, I was in the fire service for 18 years. I just retired last year, so I'm gone 24 hours every third day. So I'm like, he's got ample time to get out here and play around. Ample. So I used to call him all day long. What are you doing? Who's that in the background? Who are you with? What time are you going home? And one day he was just like, listen, I am not your father. You can't keep on, you're driving yourself crazy projecting your childhood into our current situation. I'm not him. Mm. And I'm talking to you as your friend right now. I'm not talking to you as your husband. I'm talking to you as your best friend. And that hit home for me. Like, that's not my, he's not my dad. Let me stop projecting what I know from my past traumas into my current situation. So, yeah, it definitely had an effect on me for years. You that's, know, that's a true teammate right there, too, yeah. for, for him to even bring that to your attention and then for you to, to in turn, be receptive of that information. Yeah. So, I mean, w- with that kind of self-awareness, I mean, when, when you do get those feelings of, you know, hey, what is Jason doing? What, what is he out there? You know, th- these young ladies, these women in his face, like, what do you do to tame that energy? I don't get those feelings anymore. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Because I, I also had to realize, like, how I view myself plays a part in that as well. I am a catch, and I understand that. And so if Jason were to mess up in some kind of way, he, it's bigger than just the superficial, you know. And so I look at myself as he, he's, he needs to be thankful for me. You know, not only am I his compliment, but I have definitely brought up the rear for several years. I'm there in every way from him. I'm a great mother. I'm a businesswoman. I'm the total package. He has it, and I, I know that. And so I value myself in that way. So, you know, now he can go on guys trips. I'm not calling him. Where are you? What are y'all doing? Where are y'all at? I'm not doing that. For what? Right. I have complete trust in him. And I have complete trust knowing that he understands that what we have is priceless. And so he's going to protect that just as much as I do. And I love this confidence that I'm hearing from you too. And I'm, I, yeah, and I there's think, a lot of ego, yeah. a lot of ego going on <laughs> over here. I'm hearing a whole lot of ego. I'm just saying, okay. But you know, it's interesting because I have a criteria like for the women that I typically date, and I, I typically do not want to date women that have had problems with their father. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that relationship key. with the father is like key. It's priority that's, when you evaluate a woman. It is. I mean, yeah. like that's the first man you learn to respect. That's the first man you learn to submit to. And if typically if there's some level of trauma there, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm straying away because I know now I'm going to have to do some healing. Right. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and have to be a healer there, which I'm not saying that that's a problem, especially if the woman is worth it, right? But all I'm saying is, like you said, I'm a catch, and I got options. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and it's some, it's some healed women out there. So Jason, I mean, and I'm, Jason's, you know, he got options too. So for him to pursue you, knowing these different things, you must have really showed him something to say, look, despite all of this, this is worth it. What do you, what do you think Jason saw in you that made him want to go about, you know, making that decision? Number one, you know, we, we've been friends since we were 12 and 13 years old. Mm. We've known each other since junior high school. So we were in classes together. First of all, he knew I was smart. He's like, okay, she's, she's not just a pretty face, but she's smart. Important. Yeah, she's smart. She's got brains. I used to do his work for him when we were dating. See, See that's, what I, that's the shit I like. <laughs> That's sexy. I do it all work for We got to get Jason on. He sound like, a, okay, I see you. I see you. Okay. But he also saw some other qualities. I'm God-fearing, very, very loving and nurturing. Um, and he saw those things, and out, those things outweighed the traumatic pieces. And, you know, back then, I'm, I'm 39 years old. I'll be 40 years old this year. And Damn, I wouldn't have put that on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, you know, back in the day, we didn't go sit on couches and talk about our feelings and get, you know, therapy and all. We didn't do that. But that's more so taking place now. You know, people have no problem 
every single week going to talk about their past trauma. So they're able to heal prior to coming into a relationship or simultaneously. I didn't have that opportunity. So he had to, you know, help me get through the past to get to where I am now. But I think because of the positive qualities that he saw, it was like, you know, I'm willing to invest in this, so to speak. I'm willing to help her because it's worth it. I like that. I like that. And, and, I, and I like the way that you guys work together now. So even when, when you guys were talking about, you know, some marketing techniques and things like that, I was like excited about that, you know, and, and I can imagine if I'm dealing with a woman and she's doing these different things that I get very excited about about business, I'm going to be jumping in and, and support. But at the same time, I do have a level of apprehension, right? Why? Just because I feel like, you know, women are not practicing how to still make your man feel like a man if you are in a situation where you are making quite a bit of money. Okay. So is that something that you've seen, like, seen from your mom? Did, did she still, you know, have those times where she made sure that her man felt like a man at all times? He always felt like a man. Always. Like I said, my mom was really, really passive. So she was the breadwinner primarily, but at the same time, he was the head of our household. And whatever it's, he said, that's what, that's what was done. But this is the thing when it comes to that. If a man leads properly, I don't care what your income bracket is. You'll follow. Mm. It's all about how the leading is done. There's people that, you know, when I made the post this week, there were people, <laughs> there were people you the know. People don't know. She trashed me, <laughs> called me insecure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, probably said some other things. I mean, you had a whole <laughs> whole team. I thought he was going to come out here with a pitch for us, for real. <laughs> It cute. I said you were insecure. I kept it. I left it at that. I let the people make their, you know, make their decision on their agree, own. Agree, agree. But you know, there were some people that were like, you know, if if your if your girl is a high earner, well, who's she gonna take orders from? Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Orders. That's not leading properly. Orders. Now, nah, well, you know, you you do have the final say, but it's also you know there's there's communication that also has to be done. Even if you take it back to biblical times. The husband is the head. Wives are supposed to be in subjection to their husbands, right? But on the flip side, husbands are also told to treat their wives as earthen vessels, right? They're fragile. You got to take care of them. So if a, if a man leads properly, the woman will follow. It's a matter of you all doing your job the way you're supposed to. Now, let's let's talk about that yes. because I also saw um, on, on the podcast, yeah, yes, I did my research. So we did. I saw. <laughs> hey, that's, a, that's a good thing when you got a boss coming to the stage because you got some published work. You got yeah. some published so we work. did some research. So shout out to David Shan's podcast, man. I love it. He's going to be on the show soon. <laughs> Absolutely. So the thing about it is I saw on there you said one of the um, biggest issues that you were having was you were sh- having problems with your ability to submit in your marriage. I want you to tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So let me preface this. Okay. <laughs> that has nothing to do with being a high-earning woman. Mm. That has to do with my background. That has to do with exactly everything that I just spoke to you guys about, my childhood, and seeing what I saw. I always said, and, and hopefully my mom doesn't get me for this, but I don't want to be her. I don't want to be her. I never want to be you know, in a marriage for 22 plus years and and sitting back now, she's 79 years old and she's by herself. All because things that she should have spoken up on, she didn't. And so, you know, for me, because of what I've witnessed in my childhood, I'm like, that's not going to be me. So, you know, if Jason is, is doing something, I'm not in harmony with it, he don't know about it. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, we know how to come to a common ground. He doesn't have to agree with me. I don't have to agree with him. But you will hear it. And it doesn't mean I don't respect you because I'm giving you my viewpoint on a situation. That's a partnership. 
And that's the thing. People look at relationships as, as being a dictatorship. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's a partnership. And if you're truly partners and you're truly complimenting each other, then there's nothing wrong with a conversation. And at the end of the day, how we, how we end that conversation, that's on a different level. And I was having problems where I was like, you know what? I want it ending the way that I see fit. But it took time for us to understand that, nah, we don't have to come to an agreement. We just have to, you know, understand each other's viewpoint. So, you know, it makes me operate differently now. I can shut my mouth now. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, I, I like what you did there because what you said is it's not the money. No. Which is it's, what a lot of uh, men think. Once money gets involved, then that's where these sentiments come from. Right. But you said it's the past. It's how I grew up. And see, so we actually talked about this on our previous episode. We talked about how the traumas that our women are facing are like, these are, gen- these are generational issues. And many of the women, they, that's exactly their mindset. I want to be the exact opposite of my mom. Right. Absolutely. And it's, and, and it, and it's crazy because it's, I mean, I don't, I don't even know your, your mom's story, but I don't, it, it's, it's a chance because this would happen even in my household, her mom could have also been in an unhealthy situation and raised her in a way where she may not have seen a submissive uh, woman in the household working collaboratively with a man who's leading properly, right? And leading properly, not being a dictator, but being a true leader in the household. And if you continuously not see this from, you know, generations and generations, so we can't learn from observation in our households because our households are broken. And then we're not studying the game. We're not in therapy. We're not reading books. Imagine it's like, it's like young people who are jumping in businesses and the businesses are failing. Mm -hmm. So that's why too, we see the divorce rate, how it is now. We see our communities in the state that it's in. We see the people in Ryan's comments Given they trauma and pains, they put, let me tell you, our whole community put their traumas and pains <laughs> right on your ass. And it's, yes, exactly. And that's exactly. because it shows the state of where we are. And the relations between men and women. Right, absolutely. And, and this is, these are things we really got to talk about because these are really old wounds that we're, that, that we're pulling up right now. It's really old wounds. And as from you getting to the place now where you have gotten to this place where now you're healed, you're talking to your kids differently, you're working with your husband differently, what did you have to do like actionably to get to this point? I had to have an honest conversation with myself. Like, why do you react the way that, because I had a temper problem. I had all types of little issues, okay? I'm going to call them little big issues. Right. And I had to really, really have a close conversation with myself. Like, Halani, why? What's the root cause of this? And I knew what it was all along, but I just didn't think that it needed to be addressed. I didn't really see that it was truly a problem. So once I identified, like, this is really, it's, it's, it's affecting your, not only your relationship at home, but your relationship with other people as well. Once I really grasped that concept, I was like, you got to make a change. And I never went and sat on anybody's couch. I never got a chance to do that. I never did that. But what I will say is that by me taking the time to honestly confront my issues, that's what made me make a change. Mm. And it, and it sounds like uh, on, on, on David Shan's podcast, as a matter of fact, it wasn't David Shan's, it was The, the Vault, right, on yeah. uh, Earn Your Leisure channel? Cash, cash, yeah. yeah. And you talked about um, your morning routine. Yeah. And I, t- I mean, I don't want to put all women out there, and maybe I'm just being very revealing of the type of women I've been dating, but I wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning, I do my devotion, I do my affirmations, I do my journaling, I go to the gym, I'm with Timmy. I'm training from him for two hours, you know, four days a week, 530 to 7.30. When I come back home, if I got a young lady still at my house back home, she may not even be woken up. So I don't even think it's, you know, the average woman is actually in, taking the time to invest in themselves like that so they can even put themselves in the position to be introspective. I mean, what, what do you think about that? No, and, you know, for you, Ryan, 
that's not the type of woman that you want. It's right. not. You know, and, it, and I think it also plays, when you have a woman that has a morning routine similar to what you said, similar to what I do each and every day, those are normally women that are high earners. That's true. Because they're go-getters. They, they, they have ambition. They have motivation each and every day. They wake up very intentional about their purpose for the day. And so that translates into their business ethic as well. So these end up being the women that are high earners. And, you know, it's, it's the women that sleep all day long. It's the women that all day long they're scrolling on social media. You they know, have brunch every Sunday. I'm at brunch every Sunday, too. Oh, okay. You're a bar regular, then. Let me protect some of our, my real wholesome family-oriented yeah. women as well, because yeah. I know a lot of women who, and this is more of the women that I actually am attracted to, I know a lot of women who waking up early before the kids to make sure the kid's ready. They're making breakfast for the kids. Mm -hmm. They're making sure everything is prepped up for the day. They're making sure the household is kept. If they homeschooling the children, they're making sure everything is set up. So it's still some women that nece don't necessarily have to be the boss chick, Right. right. That but are still, still able to be putting in work and supporting the man in the household who they put the weight on him mm -hmm. to go about driving the income while the household management and the other responsibilities of raising the generation and the family and the legacy, which, by the way, I really do not like how we I'm literally looking at these comments. One thing I'm really disappointed in is a lot of people talk about staying at home and raising kids like it's some subservient thing yeah I don't like, like that either. it's that yeah. oh what you want me to do stay at home with the kids right. what do you mean yes like it's not i a literally value. i i literally am looking the woman that i will value i want my my kids homeschool k through six like the, the most fertile their mind is i want to be able to really cultivate that mind right. and i want a woman that i can trust with it. i don't want to delegate that to the public school system or a private school system or a daycare where they're getting 10 15 bucks an hour and they're responsible for my child's mind mm -hmm. at that very young age so i want my children raised a certain way and i value a woman that values and has the same vision as me and a lot of times now we've gotten to this place where everyone wants to be an entrepreneur and we're all looking at that like it's just oh, oh, what staying at home <laughs> like yeah. that's some subservient position and I think that's something that we really need to change because we got to take the next generation seriously especially if we're talking about generational wealth the kids and the family is the secession correct that's the next level we work to pass it to them right so we need to take that a lot uh, a lot more seriously I don't think we plan enough and put a, a structure in place for the kids. Yeah, you know, you said something there. A stay-at-home mom, a housewife, so to speak, that is a boss. It is. It is it's very much a boss. People uh, equate the term boss to, you know, being an entrepreneur, making a certain amount of money. No, but it's levels to this. It is an entire job to take care of a household, to include children. That in itself is an admirable career because it is. And Stefan Arnio, he actually valued that position as a hundred and fifty thousand dollar position. And for every kid after that, it's you add eighty thousand dollars to that woman's salary, so to speak. Absolutely. I mean, you, you got to think about it. You are, you're a cook. You're you you take care. You you clean. You're teaching your children. Then you got to take care of your your your, your partner. Whatever that looks like, mm -hmm. you know, there's, I mean, that's four facets right there. And you can't quantify, surface. you can't even no. quantify the teaching yep. Yep. No. of the children. You can, it's not a number you could no. put on that. You're a doctor because when they're sick, who's taking care of them? Mm. You know, and so you have to put these women on a high pedestal as well because they're doing things that the average person does not want to do and they're doing it well. And like you said, when two people, like you know already going into a relationship, this is what you want. And so when you communicate that to your significant other and y'all are on the same path, then it's never looked at as she's less than because she's staying at home and she's doing what 
you guys have determined is going to work best for your household. And so, yeah, let's make it very clear that being a boss doesn't mean that you have to work for yourself. It doesn't mean that you have to be high up in some type of corporational ladder. It means handling business, whatever that looks like for you. So if you're a housewife, salute to you. Take care of that household, your wife, your, I mean, your husband, your kids, whatever that looks like, take care of them. Man, I, I just really respect that. And um, I'm getting some true perspective. Like I'm learning as we speaking. And I want to come in because when I shook Jason's hand, I immediately knew this was a real dude. You know what I mean? And I think that it is real dudes out there that are still very apprehensive when a woman wants to do something a bit different. Mm -hmm. So you were initially in, you know, oh, and shout out to you, by the way, one year anniversary, recently retired, right? <laughs> and uh, you were on some, some high ranking shit. Like, I think it was, you know, an entire DeKalb County region. So you were a battalion chief officer at a fire station. Yep. And which is from what I got from you, it was a more stagnant income, right? Yeah, it was, it was, I, I was on salary, so I knew exactly how much my checks were every two weeks. So as a man, you know, that, that's, that's, that's easy for us to accept, mm -hmm. like, because we know too, you know what I mean? We right. know where you're going to be at, we know how you're going to be thinking. Yeah. But to then go and present this new idea of wanting to get into a profession to why, where now your income is untapped, I'm very curious, like, what was Jason's response? Oh, he was like, go for it. Wow. I was the one that had reservations. Jason has been a serial entrepreneur pretty much our entire marriage. I was the one that was like, nah, I'm going to stay over here because I like the fact of having stability and knowing exactly how much income I'm bringing to the household. And I wanted that for him, too, because there were times where we were up and down because he didn't have that, so to speak. But when I finally, when I started Body Envy and it did what it did and it was like, you know what, now it's time for me to step away from the fire service, go ahead and retire and now do exactly what, you know, be a full-time entrepreneur, my last shift at work. I called him, and I was crying because I was like, am I making the right decision? And y'all know Jason got a potty mouth. I don't talk like <laughs> him. And he was like, listen, if you don't leave that job and stop calling me, this, you're doing the right thing, you know. And he pushed me to leave. I was so apprehensive about it. So he has always been in my corner when it comes to that. He's always felt like entrepreneurship is the, the best way of life. And, you know, as a full-time entrepreneur now, I can say, yeah, I agree with him. Definitely have the same sentiment now. I love it. And, you know, I'm curious to know this, too, because there was a also I didn't really connect the dots because when you stated that you were having trouble um, submitting in the in the relationship, you connected that to your career. Right. Because you said the career was a big part. You had a leadership position and that leadership role. You brought that home. It taught Sometimes. you a lot of a lot of those masculine traits, which you've mastered to now, you know, be able to do some really phenomenal things. So so now here, here's what I want to know. Now that you've had a year outside of that, you know, um, that, that career, have you been able to tap in a bit better with your femininity? Have you noticed that that was a big part of, of helping you or is it still like a you versus you kind of battle? It's still the same mm. because that was 18 years of my life. And at, out of the 18 years, 10 years, I was in a leadership position for 10 years. I was a captain for seven and then the last three I was a battalion chief. And so for 10 years out of that 18, I was in a leadership position to direct and, and control things. And it was a li it, they were life or death situations. And so coming from a very paramilitary-based um, organization, those traits are still here. And I think they'll always be with me, always. I just have a very high level of respect for my husband. And so that enables me to kind of, you know, tame down, you know, the, the, I'm not going to say the aggressive approach, but 
kind of being, you know, that that masculine energy right. that you guys, you know, allude to a lot. That alpha energy. Right. <laughs> right. And and I hate that. Let me just say that. I hate <laughs> when, you know, when women are assertive, it's masculine. Mm-hmm. No, we're we're assertive. Let's 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 change that right there. Let's, we're not going to call women masculine anymore to, today. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> today. At, at least for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm we'll, we'll right, wait right. till you leave. We'll wait till you leave. <laughs> because Slayer. <laughs> I hate it. That comes across as being so disrespectful. No woman wants to be, especially when you're a feminine woman, told that they're masculine. No, we're assertive, you know. And so I'm able to tame my assertiveness because of my respect level that I have for Jason and because he is very much an alpha male. And so I understand that I got to let him have that. And that's what I need. I could not have a beta male married to me. Mm. It just wouldn't work. It wouldn't work with the, with the type of personality that I have. So my respect level for, me, for him helps me to keep things, you know, even you know, I think all women are like that. And, and you know, it's crazy. These women, they roasting us five shirts, by the way, right. which are for sale on our website. Okay, <laughs> hardlyinitiated.com. Go ahead and copy the shirt. And they roasting us about yeah. the shirt when most women actually want and need that in our life, especially. Let's talk about it. Especially because people are trying to paint us like we are anti. Let me tell you. I, this whole show is meant to heal our community. Mm-hmm. That's why we're having the conversations that we're having exactly. here now. And when we're talking about the traumas and the things that a lot of our women have went through, a lot of times the masculine energy that our women possess, they don't want to possess it. They've had to. So the thing about it is the man that they need in their life to help that healing, he got to be alpha. Right. Like he has to bring this level of energy to the table to be able to check at times when need to be, but also direct and lead, right, to to, uh, induce and help that healing. Right. That really needs to be done. And also because y'all level of respect is not going to you're not going to, you know, respect anything less. No, but it's, it's it's but it's, it's OK for you to say that for, for men to take accountability. But I think a big thing is that you just took accountability because it is a real conditioning. If you are a woman in a traditional workforce, you are being conditioned to suppress like so suppress your emotion. Like I, we hire women. And when we talk to women, we're like, no, 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 no. You got to get a little bit more firm than that. Right. You know, we talk, we teach in negotiation. Right. We teach in like some real masculine shit. Mm-hmm. And we even celebrate like the, the women that, that men love to work with and that they trust the most is the more hardened woman. Yeah. You know, so this is the thing. I think the women. The more assertive woman. The more assertive. Okay. The more assertive <laughs> woman. Okay. And the, the thing is, I think women, you know, don't want to take accountability that they are in these environments where they are being conditioned. And you do have to work on yourself to make sure that you are always considerate of maintaining that feminine energy. And Absolutely. see, healing is an action. Because we got a lot of trauma, which we can all agree that we're dealing with, especially in communities that look like ours. But are we taking actionable steps to heal or are we playing a blame game? Exactly. Like, because think about it. If you cut yourself, there are things we do. We put Neosporin on it. Mm -hmm. We might put a little peroxide. Then we put a Band-Aid. It's actionable steps. You ask people what they're doing. You know, I'm I'm working on it. (laughs) What What does that mean? (laughs) Is that a book? Is that a therapy session? Is that a group? Yeah. Is that what does it really look like? And I don't think we're actually being honest, like you said, being honest with ourselves enough to say that this is what the problem really is and healing. And what's happening is if we're not doing that, we're going to keep attracting a certain type of person into our lives. That is not going to that's all that's going to literally pass on the curse. Absolutely. And keep it uh, keep it pushing forward. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have the constant cycle. You know, even even women that are in abusive relationships. 
They'll leave that relationship, go on to the next. It's abusive again. It's a constant cycle, and it's like, why? But you've never tackled why you are attracting this type of individual. Why? And so that's what I call motion. With motion, you know, that's when it's like, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. That's not action. Action and motion are totally different, although I know the term sounds synonymous, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. The action is the execution of, okay, I've identified. This is what I need to work on. Now let me put some things in play. Now I'm going to sit on somebody's couch. Now I'm reading. Now I'm listening to a podcast. Now I'm doing the work. That's the action. The motion is the planning part. The motion is, all right, yeah, okay, let me write down. These are, these are the things that, you know, aren't so attractive that I have going on. These are the attractive things. Okay, I'm seeing it. But you're not doing anything. And that's where people fall short. That, that motion is procrastination. That's all it is. You got to put some action behind it. And, and, and it opens up so many doors for you. The enlightenment is real. It really is. But you've got to actually execute on the things that you know you got to improve on. Be honest with yourself. Okay, bars. I lo- yeah, I love that. Okay, shit. bars. And see, okay, so Halani, so, okay, so this thing, because we want to we get some, into some deep, you know, to have some depth with our conversation. Yeah. Okay. And when I look at your brand, because I've been following you for a while, I've been following Jason for a while, everything about it states black love. And you can have it all. You can have this very successful gym, this very successful brand, this very successful man who also has very successful friends in his circle. And you also have this very, I mean, everything about you is like, I got it all. But y'all done been through some shit. Absolutely. Y'all done been through some shit. And I want to talk about that because if I'm not mistaken, it was a point where Jason actually was was down. You know what I mean? And you had to go from, you know, playing a supportive role to now jumping into the providing role. So I'm very curious as a woman, like, what does that transition even look like? Well, like, what are you thinking mentally when shit just switches up on you like that? Yeah, so of course it's like, what's, we got kids, you know. When it's me and him, we thugged it out, you know, mm. coming up together. We got married at 19 and 20 years old, so we had to figure some things out, you know. But it was okay because it was just the two of us. But when you have a family, things change. And so you're talking about 2015. Yeah, we were down. We were bad financially in 2015. And, but my stability with the fire department helped us to stay afloat. And I literally had to, like you said, become the provider. But that was okay for me because that's being a partner. And so I wasn't going to, you know, constantly, oh, you put us in this situation, you know, just make him feel like crap. Because I also know my husband and I know he gets it out the mud every time. So I knew it was a very temporary setback for us. And that's my job as his compliment, as his helper to say, you know what, I got us. I have us. And that's what we did. And literally that setback lasted not even a year. And that 2016, he had made over a million dollars, you know. And so that's where we talk about, you know, really, really, when when you really love somebody, you go through it with them. You know, I understood the transition he was making wasn't a selfish transition. He knew what it was going to do for our family. But a lot of times when you're making a transition, you do suffer financially in the process, you know, starting out. So I got that. And I just fulfilled the space, the space that he's fulfilled for all these years for us. You know, I just paid it back. That's that Bunny and Clyde shit. Now, 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 That's here, a ride or die shit what I right want to know, because I know when you're struggling, that the, day, the day just seem a little longer Yeah, <laughs> when you're struggling. Like, when you're struggling, let, me, let me tell you, it's, it's hell. We so had you Aziz t- on the show who, who, who talked about his struggle and when he fell off financially. Oh, man. It, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's hellish. Mm-hmm. So, like, the thing about it is when you're talking about it was – almost a year long that, you know, y'all was kind of going through this place. And I think you even expressed that it was to the point where I think like you were at risk of losing your home. Yep. It, was, it got that bad. I want to, and I want you to keep it 1000 mm-hmm. with me of right course. now. <laughs> Did it, was it ever a thought in your mind that I might have to jump ship? Absolutely not. 
Mm. Absolutely not. No, not because of financial reasons. This man treats me like a queen. He, I don't have to worry about him cheating. He doesn't disrespect me. He's a great father. He's always been a great provider for us. So who am I to say, let me jump ship now because he's so-called down for the moment? No, absolutely not. What we've built, what we have now is as a, as a result of that 2015 era for us. And so, no, keeping it a, a buck with you, no. I never thought about jumping ship during that time frame. What I was doing was thinking about, do I need to get a second job? <laughs> like, what how, do I need to do to How to, to bring help? more resources yeah, to the situation. because yeah, I've done that. I've done that. I've worked 24 hours at the fire, at the fire station, gotten off the next morning, gone and worked another 12, because we're all EMTs and paramedics. So, gone and worked another 12 on an ambulance service. I've done that just to make sure that things stay the way they need to stay so we can keep living the lifestyle that my, our kids are accustomed to living. I have no problem getting it out the mud right alongside Now, me. Now, here's what I want to say, too, because I know a lot of people, they keep talking about this ego. Like, they're a, they, a lot of women attack men for their ego, but you mm -hmm. got to understand the ego is a big part about what makes a man a man. Yeah. Like, the ego is what he uses to, like, even when, when Jason was in that down spot, I, he really had to even make sure he probably even sits on his. E I mean, it's a humbling place. Yeah, because I got to do this. But your ego pulled you right, out right, of this, right? Exactly. So the thing about it is, I think it's very important for a woman to understand: don't be upset with the man's ego, but learn how to use the man's ego. Like, learn how to stroke his ego to bring the best out of him. Learn how to work with his ego, not be uh, make the ego the enemy, if you will. Right. Now, the thing about it is, when he is down at this point, because what a lot, I see a lot of women do this. It's real easy to get disrespectful to a man to, that's, that's not really at his best and not say, that's not, not able to provide at his highest and best. Were you finding it even harder to be submissive or to, um, you know, really respect his leadership when he was in that place? No, because it made me say, let me, let me just kind of tiptoe a little more. Because I understood, like you said, the male ego... It's fragile. Definitely. It's very fragile, but it's also a motivator because his ego is also a part of his genius, too. So I needed to make sure that I continued to feed that in any way that I possibly could. So as I keep saying, when, when, when either party is down, that's not the time to like, okay, let me get disrespectful now. Let me think about jumping ship now. That's not what you need. How are you going to get out of the situation that you're in if you're moving apart. What, what does feeding together. his ego look like, actually? I want you to kind of speak on that when you make this point. Yeah, I got to be supportive. So like I said, do I, need to, do I need to bring in more money to assist? Okay, so he left the trucking industry, and that's when he bought into the gym, and that's where the, the financial woes came from. Okay, let me take on a few clients and train some people, which I did. Mm. We piped up my class. I started teaching a class on Saturday mornings called Glute Camp. That's revenue. So now how can I work alongside you so that we can get out of this rut that we're in and get on track to everything that you envision for us as a family? That's what that looks like. And that's but what we did. I like you, that. You, you're one of a kind. Yeah, I, you are. First of all, been. we got to get Jason a reference on here. I don't know. I got to get some right. fact checking. It might not be real. Going on it right might now. Not be real. Oh, you know, it's real. It's real. Excellent. Now, I thought you was actually going to go somewhere else with this because we had a, a guy, Aziz, who came on the show. And he, you know, was in the same position as Jason, like his family. Mm -hmm. And he actually made the statement that he was so down that he couldn't even have sex with his wife. Mm. So what I'm very curious in, how do you maintain the intimacy when you know everything else is a little bit out of control. Well, it's not like he's a bum. 
you know, he was still working. Got you. He was still working alongside with what his goal, his end goal was. It's just that the transition created the financial depression, so to speak. So it's not like he's sitting at home, you know, I'm, I'm going to work and he's watching, binge watching Netflix. He's still working. So the dynamic was still the same. The only thing that changed in our household was that we had less money. That's it. And that's some real manly shit, too, because I think it's so hard for you to, you know, continue to, to, to stick to your routine and stick to the plans when things happen where you're not at your best. And I think that's a very manly thing to do. And I think what happens is women, I mean, you guys evaluate everything. You know what I mean? You see us from, you know, a, a mile away when we walk into the room. You know, you're looking at, you evaluating our friends, you evaluating how we move. And I think that men don't really recognize that and don't want to be re receptive of that. But as men, we have to make sure we keep the course, right, especially for our families when things are, are, are not going well. Yeah, for men and women, we all have to stay the course, you know. And being a mom, I didn't want my children to see any change in what they were accustomed to. So I didn't want them to feel the impact of what we knew what was going on. So we had to make sure that we kept things the same, you know. And at the end of the day, when you're going through something, of course, it can have two, two responses. Either it's going to drive you apart or bring you closer together. For us, it made us lock up. And so with everything, we are partners in everything. And 2015 really made us even stronger partners because – I rode with him. Mm. I rode with him, and I'll continue. And I also knew, too, just from history, and that's the thing, too. That's also why sometimes women can be a little, maybe a little bit more, um, I don't want to use the word disrespectful, but maybe they, they don't necessarily view their mate the same way they did when they get into little, you know, little tedious spots. Because what did that person do? What's, what's the history here? Are they always doing this? Is it always a situation where you, you know, you're drop, jumping from career to career, you're, you're putting your family in a bind? Are you constantly doing this, you know, because you want to just move on to the next popular thing? Jason always got it out the mud. I remember when we were trying to get our first apartment, we didn't have any money. And he was like, don't worry, I got us. He was throwing parties at the time. Wow. He went out that night, he came back, he was like, I got the first month's rent, I got the deposit, and I got enough money for us to furnish the, the apartment. I knew that's that's the that's the man that I married, and so I knew what he his 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 history showed. So I knew, okay, let me just let me just ride this thing out with him. It's gonna be temporary, and the end result is gonna be crazy. And now we've built this crazy empire. Why? Because I knew who the heck I was married to, and I stayed down with him. Now, see, I don't know if every woman has that same level of you know like toughness to like weather things out how you did. Because the truth of it is, man, we we are not perfect. Right. Like we are not perfect. And we are usually even as we get into these marriages, we're learning, especially when you, you got married. How old were you? 19. You were 19 years old. So you married somebody who was a very young man. Mm -hmm. He was still learning himself. He was still developing his vision. He was still developing his habits, his routines. And the thing about it is, I think a lot of women, I mean, most divorces are filed by women. I think the number is up, up around 70 percent of women. Are 70 80 percent of women are, are initiating divorces, initiating divorces. Now, I can't say that some of those divorces are not needed like you said your mom we needed that divorce right, right? but i can't say that all 70 percent or whatever that number is whatever the, the the numbers of those women are actually supposed to be filing divorces and, and not riding and weathering with the man so like i mean what do you say to a woman who's considering a, a divorce like what are some things she probably should evaluate before she jumps about making that decision so i like to i'm a visual person so write down what the pros are and what the cons are in your current situation. 
And when you can see, it's easy to identify the, the good things. When you really have to, it's hard to say, you know what, this is truly a problem. I don't necessarily want to speak on it. He might not even know that it's a problem because it could be the intimacy is not there. You know, and that's big in a marriage, you know, but, but visualize what it is and see what outweighs what. The thing is, is I'm a, I'm a firm believer in the institution of marriage. And I really feel that if you have, if you truly love each other, there's no infidelity, there's no domestic violence, you can work things out. I'm a firm believer in that. So you also have to value, look at, evaluate the cultural background. How was how, how your partner raised? All of that plays a part into their adulthood. How were they raised? Um, the economical status, who their friends are, what their current environment is, you know, all of that plays a role into why we do the things that we do. And so when you're talking about divorce, like you said, that's like a death. So you really have to take it seriously. A lot of times people throw that out there so quickly, I'm just going to divorce you, I'm going to divorce you. But a lot of times these divorces happen because you were never supposed to get married in the first place. Facts. And you got married because you got pregnant or because you were pressured because, okay, you know, I I don't want to have sex before marriage, so let me just go ahead and marry this person. And you never truly get to know the person. You never really do your research. How was this person raised? Like when you guys did the episode with Phil, and he was saying that his mom gave him that list mm-hmm. of those 10 things, you know, that this woman, she had to have seven out of the 10 before he could bring her home. Do you know these things that this person is truly seeking? And are you that person? You know, and so we're jumping into marriage so quickly and not truly ready or mature enough for it. We got married in 19 and 20. Were we mature? Heck No. So the first three years of our marriage was hell the first three years. We were arguing constantly because we were children trying to figure this whole thing out. It was cute. It was like, you know what? Let's go get married. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Most people would not have been able to withstand and be married 20 years later, the majority. But at the end of the day, what, what, what was the marital arrangement founded upon? Do you have a solid foundation? Were y'all truly friends? Do you know this person? Like, that's my friend. I can talk to him about anything. I can take him anywhere. So at the end of the day, we've got a foundation that is going to last no matter what, whether we're married or not. You know, so it's so many. I mean, that's a whole podcast in itself to talk about this, you know. But it's so many different things. But when you're talking about actually throwing in the towel, you know, you have to make sure that it's right for you and everybody that's affected by it because it is like a death. But anytime, you know, there's any harm that, you know, it's – physical violence, you know, infidelity, things of that nature. I'm, I'm for it, throw a towel in, you know, don't stay in those conditions. But when it's little things, so to speak, you can weather those storms. You can. It's just a matter of, do you need to go to therapy? We went to therapy, and it taught us how to argue. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and we only did two sessions, y'all, and it literally taught us how to argue, which now we can have a disagreement. We had a disagreement yesterday, and I was able to pick up the phone and say, you know what, I'm sorry. I don't want to be like this with you all day. I'm sorry, too. But only because you invested in the relationship. Yes, absolutely. And so, so it's so it's skill set. So like that's a good point. It's like skill sets mm-hmm. you need to have in order to be able to have a healthy marriage. Like it's skill sets. And I don't know how equipped we are with these skill sets to know how to have a healthy partnership with someone else. Because you have to work on yourself first. If you're not whole, you can't come into a relationship expecting that person to complete you. And you hear that all the time. He completes me. He completes me. She completes me. No, you got to complete yourself. You have to understand who you are and what you want. Now you bring that to the table, and now you guys complement each other. Now y'all come together as partners. But if you're looking for somebody to make you whole, that's a problem. 
Now that's that sounds good. Yeah. But most people are not coming into these marriages whole. No, like of at, not. even you, like at 19 years mm-hmm. old, I doubt you and Jason was whole no, we weren't. at 19. Mm-hmm. So we're in a situation now where most people, okay, ideally if we're whole, we good, right? But we're not. So like for people that are not whole, what are we recommending them do in these relationships to be able to 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 figure out how to get on the same page? Well, that's kind of like what Ryan was talking about, like your morning routine, like having that time with yourself. So you're educating yourself, you're building. Okay, so he does his morning devotion. He works out. He reads, you know, it's the educational aspect. So you're not going into a relationship with the, 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 the premise of this is what's going to make me happy is being here. And most people are not getting married in their teens anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting married later in life, which is why they're high earners now, because they're getting married later in life, so they're able to establish themselves going into the situation. So I do think it's easier now to go into a relationship being complete. And, of course, we're imperfect. So, of course, completion is not, you know, having everything together and, you know, you're just this epitome of everything. No, but you have a decent concept of who you are, what you're bringing to the table, what it is that you want, what values you have to have in a relationship. You know that going in. And if you don't see that, you don't waste your time there. Know thyself. Absolutely. Rule, rule number one. Know thyself. And you, I mean, this, this, this might get a little knick-knacky, you know, <laughs> what I'm about to talk about right here. Because you, you brought up two, it sounds like boundaries. You brought up physical violence and infidelity, okay? Now, physical violence, I, I, I don't tolerate physical violence at right. all. Like, this, uh, y'all trying to paint us as this abusive. Women bashing. I am, I am right. anti-putting hands on women. Let's just make that clear. I do not rock with that. That's, that's some weak shit. But anyway, when we talk about infidelity, now this is something that's a real conversation because it's happening regularly in relationships and marriages. Mm-hmm. 50%, now, of, 50% of men are, are found to be in, 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 what's the word? infidel. They are slayers. They are slayers. Yeah, fifty percent of men. Fifty percent of men found so, to be. You know. so, so now here's here's the deal though. Does that mean that now we get fifty percent of these marriages need to be divorced? I don't know if I'm okay with just saying anytime cheating happens, we just jump to divorce if a man cheats. So because and I want to use you as a good example because. My, my brother, I mean, Jason is stamped and certified as some, somebody worth riding for. Rare breed. Rare breed of a man, somebody who's constantly developing, intentional by his growth and development, and somebody worth riding with no matter what. I mean, so realistically, uh, and of course, this is a complete hypothetical situation. This, <laughs> that, that is a wholesome man in the back over there. <laughs> but if we were to find out that Jason cheated, mm-hmm. are you realistically going to leave him? Okay, so let me back up. What are the circumstances around it? I mean, so, listen, so he, he went out, he drinks going around. This, this chick was just, you know, putting the press on him. You know, he tried to turn it down like he always does. She kept putting the press on him. Could've, and could've, could've also and he slipped and fell inside right, of it right. somehow. <laughs> somehow it's, he slipped and fell inside of it somehow. So that's worthy to be left. This is the thing, is that we're all imperfect, of course. So if you find that, you know, your marriage has been sexless, sexless for a period of time, there's no intimacy. Maybe you've let yourself go. You've gained some weight. You know, just the thing, the typical things that take place over years, yes, that can cause your significant other to look the other way. Not that it's right, but it can. It's, and so when you can see that, all right, maybe I've let myself go a little bit. I'm not intimate with my husband or my wife. And they vocalize that to you like, hey, I need this. You're not giving it to me. And you still choose not to act upon it. I'm not so... 
Don't quote me wrong on this. So let me. Hey, you fucking with us. You might create. go viral. Listen, <laughs> this is a thing. Okay. Because this is a very touchy subject. It is. But you, this is also being honest with yourself as to why this person might have had the attraction to somebody else. Because maybe you are not doing what you needed to do at home. And this goes for men and for women. It's never okay to step out. But you do have to look at the circumstances surrounding. Now, I do know men that just sleep around just because exactly the, the situation that you gave. It's like she was putting the pressure on me. I liked what I saw. I slept with her. That's No, that's not okay. But when there's an ongoing situation and you've talked about it, and you've talked about it, and the other party decides, I don't really care what you're saying, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, and can't give you what you need, then it's human nature to start gravitating towards what you're lacking, what you need. And so sometimes that comes in the form of somebody you work with all the time. It's like, she's giving me everything I'm mm. asking for, and I'm asking for this, so you're not giving it to me. And so it happens. It's not premeditated. It's not out of just sheer lust. It just progressively took place because of what they were lacking on the home front. And so those things happen. And those are the issues where the situations where you can come back and say, all right, we can probably fix this because you don't have this insatiable greed for another individual. It's just that I kind of lacked slack on my end. Maybe, maybe I had some kids and I'm giving all my attention to the children and I've totally put you to the wayside. You know, so it's all different parameters that go along with it. But when there is a, a true issue that can be defined, and you can say, you know what, let me fix this, or we, we need to fix this, and it can cut this off, yeah, you can work on that. And I've seen that take place. You can work on that. But if you just somebody that's like, you know what, I'm out here in these streets, and I'm going to sleep around just because it's what I want to do, then nah, we got to get rid of you. I can't work that out with you. I'm shocked because even in this hypothetical situation, like you still are very objective in your thinking and, and assuming that it could be some accountability on my end. So I just respect that because I, I think that's rare. I, honestly, I, I think just the type, the way that you're presenting yourself right now, I think in general, that's rare. And I don't, I'm not really confident that women out there are built the same and that they can really have it all and do both. I mean, do you genuinely believe that it's not some women that are just meant to prioritize family and some women who are meant to prioritize career? Can every woman really have both? I do think every woman can have both. But they have to understand that they can have both. So it's easy for me to sit up here and say, yeah, you can have it all because I'm doing it. But it literally, it's layers to this thing. I mean, I have to plan out my day every single day to make sure that nothing is lacking. You know, it's not just I wake up every day and it's like, okay, I'm going to work and I'm going to take care of my household and, you know, I'm going to make sure dinner's cooked. I'm going to make sure Jason's good. You know, I'm going I'm to take care of myself too because that's big. I'm really big on self-care as well. You know, I have to make a constant intentional effort every single day to make sure that I fit in those things that are a priority. But it's easy to say that. But for the average woman, for you to understand that you can have it all, it starts with you. And it starts with looking through your day and where you spend idle time doing things that don't benefit you in any way whatsoever. And once you can identify those gaps and you see what you can put in those gaps that are truly beneficial for you and everyone around you, you find that, dang, I really can do all this. And it really isn't as hard as I thought it would be. And I trust you, too, because it's not no fake shit, because the first time we got on the phone, it was so many things that you communicated in, in such a short time. That I was like, damn, like she she is the perfect person to have on the show because she's legit because you spoke first. You was having a, a business call with me, 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 me and meeting Tyshawn on the phone for the first time. Mm -hmm. Second, you said that you and Jason were on the way to a spelling bee, I believe it was for your daughter. 
No, it was for the Muhammad School. Okay, it's for the Muhammad School. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, so family and, and, and give back and all these things are important. Yep. And then you said, yo, Jason probably won't be able to get on the show because he has to take care of himself because he has an appointment. Uh, I think it was LASIK surgery yep, or something LASIK, like that. Yep. So I'm like, and she know what's going on with her, man. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm very curious because I understand the family duties, but it's, I don't hear very much about wifely duties. So what are, like, what do you qualify as wifely duties? That's a good question. So... Of course, um, intimacy has to be on the top of the list, and you have to make sure that stays on the top of the list. And that's easy to take from the top and put it to the bottom mm-hmm. with everything that's going on, but that's got to stay at the top. Um, making sure the house is clean, making sure there's food in the home, making sure that, you know, homework is done, making sure that I know his appointments, I know their appointments, I'm scheduling things. It's, it's almost your wifely duties are kind of like the glue that holds everything together. And everybody's duties are different depending on their family dynamic, but I truly feel that the woman is the center core of any household in every way. So literally, like Jason's LASIK appointment, he's needed it forever. He can't freaking see. I made the appointment for him. Mm. I nudged him. I said, I'm making this appointment for you. And I made the appointment, and he went and had the, the surgery. So I feel like the duties are dynamic depending on the situation and what you currently have going on. But those wifely duties are the, that's, that's the center core of the household, those duties and keeping those things prioritized accordingly. And, and you talk about intimacy, which I think is very interesting because Tyshawn actually and I, we, we recently spent some time with some young ladies and we were just having some really good conversation at, at uh, I think it was my house. And they, you know, they left and I'm talking to Tyshawn. I'm like, damn, I feel I felt good. I'm like, I don't know what that was. Like, I kind of felt like I just had sex. You know what I mean? I, and, and so I think a lot of times people equate intimacy to sex only, but it's other ways to be intimate. So what are those other ways that you're intimate with, your, with, with Jason? The conversation. Mm. We talk. Every day. And it's not just, you know, business talk. We're talking about us. How, how was your day? What were the good points? What were the low points? You know, so spending time together. Like, I remember we were on vacation and somebody commented on my story and was like, why don't y'all ever take y'all kids on vacation with y'all? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, we go on vacation with our kids, but this is why we're 20 years in married because we also carve out the time for ourselves. So we're going to get away all the time. And if we're in the city... We're going to date every single week. So we make sure we have time. We have our days where we got a specific show that we're going to watch together. You know, and so it's finding those things that really feed each other. Like you said, you, were, you just had a conversation and you felt like. It was the only talk. Right. It was orgasmic. Yeah, it right. was. Right. And so you can have that connection without actually having to get truly phys- intimate, like physically intimate. You can do that. Wow, man, that's 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 good. You, you, you know what I want to do? First of all, if a woman can't answer questions like you answering questions now, they get kicked off the she, fucking show. She is disqualified. <laughs> right? Disqualified. Right. You know what? Okay. Speaking of that, we hadn't even talked about that. No, no, no. But yeah, that's what we're we about run, to do. We're not running from that, it. Now. We're not let, running let's, from let's it. Go, let's go into it because that's what the people want to hear. Okay? Because you dropped a whole diss track. Okay. You, <laughs> a you viral diss track. You dropped by the a whole diss track on us. <laughs> Right. So let's let's I want I want to talk about that, because the, the, the thing about the clip that went out, guys, and I don't know if you went and watched that clip, but we had a viral clip that went out that was taken completely, by the way, out of context. Many contexts. One clip of one million interpretations. It they was are, not taken out of context. There are but- so many arguments surrounding this one clip. <laughs> and what I want to do now and, and, and I'm, I want to prove a point here before Ryan, before you even clear the air. 
at what it was. I want, when you first heard that clip, tell me what you took from that. I took exactly what I said. I took that Ryan was very insecure because I took from that his exact words. She disqualified herself. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you feel, and I'm about to interview y'all. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> why do you feel as if, this is what I'm thinking. Why does this man feel like this woman has disqualified herself? Because she's self-sufficient. Why? And so the first thing that popped in my mind was it's a control factor. Mm. You're insecure because she, quote, unquote, has options. She doesn't need you financially. So because she doesn't need you financially, that's not the woman for you because your ego has got to be stroked in that way. You're not looking at it as this woman can actually add value to my life, too. So I looked at it as Ryan's insecure as hell, and let me put him on blast real quick. Right, and you did, and you did. <laughs> <laughs> but well, so, go ahead and give your context on so, this here, bro. So this is the thing. It was an isolated incident, right, Well, I'm having a conversation with a young lady that's my age, okay. okay, and she says, hey, you know, I got a good job, and I make good money, and she insinuated that now she qualifies for a man. And the thing is, I concluded that, one, a good job and, a, and a, a, a good money does not qualify for a man because I honestly don't think that men are looking for those two things. Not that they're not looking for the skill sets that could bring those things to fruition, but they're just not looking for those two things. Because when she said good job and good money, she's communicating, uh, she's, com- she's communicating lifestyle and she's communicating a certain amount of you know, just money, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't think really men are, are looking for finances in, in, from a woman. And then I also concluded that because of the time that she spent, you know, achieving or getting these, what she termed as achievements and success without the consideration of maintaining feminine energy, like I'm not interested in you, right? Because don't get me wrong, like it's not about the money. It's because it, if a woman makes more money than me, then that's fine. If a woman is hot earning, then that's fine. But are you going to be able to have the skill set to still make me feel like a man? And I think ego is a big part of that, right? But what's wrong with a man wanting to be the hero? What's wrong with a man wanting to be needed? And if a woman can't do both, which I really, I'm still not convinced that every woman is meant to do both, then I don't think there's anything wrong with expressing a personal opinion. And with a lot of men, like I'm telling you, just as many women flooding my DMs, it's men that's like, yo, these women is hard. And we can't deny that because men, the whole point of Alpha Energy is to remind us that we should be a little bit harder and we should be out here leading and going to get it. So I don't think it's unreasonable to think that a woman may also forget that she's out here to play her role and, and make sure that sexual polarity exists so we can have a sexual attraction. Mm-hmm. And you're not wrong. And it's your perspective. Right. You're not wrong in it. But you said something when you said all women. Right. Of course, all women. You're going to have those that make, make a good amount of their high earners, and they're going to lead with that. It's going to be, you can't do anything for me because financially you don't make as much money as I do. So we do have those women in the world. We do. But there are women who make money that want to be in a relationship where they have an alpha male to take the lead. They're, con- they're able to contribute to it financially, but they still have needs too as women. And they still want to be in a relationship where they're loved and they're valued and they're treasured. And it's just this money that they make. It's just an additive to the relationship. It's not that they're harder or colder. And they can literally go to work every day and be that um, more assertive energy and come home and turn that mess right off and be everything that you need. 
and there's a lot, and there's a lot of women that struggle with it. Like, because yes. th- here's the thing: that's that's hard because you even struggle with it. Mm-hmm. That's a real struggle, and you had to do some very intentional things and have a very specific partner to be able to get over that and accept and accountability you, and accept accountability. And you also had a your career was a big part of why you were possessing this energy along with your past. Mm-hmm. So a lot of women are having this. They have the same trauma and they got this hard ass career. Mm-hmm. They do not trust the masculine, right? They grew up with these relationships not trusting maybe the man that they even were supposed to trust in their life. They grew up thinking they had to be the provider, that they have to go and get it. So they really do have problems releasing and submitting. And what they do is they can tend to pursue and go so hard in their careers, right? And listen, I'm I'm going hard too. So I know what you got to sacrifice to build this kind of empire, and sometimes what you tend, to, what you can sacrifice, is that femininity. And consider, like she, her, her whole goal was, I have a good job. I have this. I, I have exemplified a economic status and a social status. And to me, that's that's just the wrong mindset. It's a 50-50 mindset. And don't get me wrong, I know that's going to bring economic equality. Like, that's a consequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, social equality is also a consequence of 50-50 mindset. But also, Sexual neutrality is a consequence of 50-50 mindset. I don't agree. I don't agree. This is the thing. What is wrong with a woman having goals and ambitions? What's wrong with a woman being raised by her father to say, hey, go to school, get a degree, get a great high-paying job, and then once you accomplish your personal goals, then you're ready to be in a relationship. How long did that take? How, How much do we sacrifice before that point happens, are we forty years old at this at this point? You might be. So now at forty, you, you working so, against the so, biological so you, clock. Now you've gotten. Now it, it took you. Now you're forty years old. You got the bag. You got the car. You got the house. Now you get the man, and you're forty years old. See, n- n- now we having issues now. But that's, because, that, but that's what they set out to do. They understood that. They understood that that means they're going to get married later. They got that. They they know that going into it, like I'm going to do these things for me first. And then I'll be ready to have a relationship because that's also how they were raised. That's the culture they came from. Now, what y'all have to also look at is your viewpoint. And I want to I want to touch on something with you too, Tyshawn. So your you, viewpoint, Ryan, of feeling as if that high earning salary just just made them less attractive in the marketplace. Less attractive because of what I'm hearing is the masculinity that can come along with it. Yes. Okay. Maybe the time that it takes to to have what they have on. And it's, you know, because to get where, I mean, to get even, because you you blew up, like, you know, you, you got your business, it's been a year, and you dropping M's, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But the the average woman, you know, that's going to take some years. Mm-hmm. You know it, what I mean? Maybe 80 hours a week. I, I mean, and the year after year after year, like, I don't think we can deny that has a huge impact because you're spending more time. Like you said, you was doing 24-hour shifts, you working 50, 60 hours a week. You're spending more time, more time being conditioned to be, let's say, less feminine, then you spend more time actually being able to embrace your, the free-flowing femininity. So I, I just don't think it's unreasonable to think that a lot of women are having these issues. It's not, I mean, 52% of women in America are single. It's not, it's not only us that are coming with these problems. It's not. It's not. But do you do understand that when you work, the majority of your time is spent working? Right. That is just the actual fact. It is. It's spent working. So, like, in my career, yeah, I worked 48 to 53 hours a week. Yeah, I did. And even when you work for yourself, you're still having to put in the hours. But why is it okay for you to do that? 
Why is it okay for you to work those long hours and you to make a high salary? And we're supposed to be so accepting of you. But when we do it, it's, oh, well, now she can't be what I need her to be at home. Mm. Well, well, you know, l- l- let me let me add to this, because what I really think is the issue is it's a confusion of value. Mm-hmm. So one person is thinking that, yo, I have the woman is thinking, yo, I make money. I have this job now. You should value that. That means I'm qualified for you. Now, that's how that's typically how a man thinks. Right. Because I, I do think like, I mean, I know y'all are the exception, but I don't think broke men should be getting married. Right. I just right, right. think that's pretty unstable. Right. You shouldn't be dating if you're broken, unstable. You disqualify. We, you disqualify. <laughs> God damn it. So, man, we can be disqualified, too. We talked about that. We got an episode called uh, Marriage Under 30. We actually stated that mo- I actually am not for most people get marriage under, married under 30 because there's so many things that are undefined and unstable. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing about it is when we talking about what is required or the values that we have, a man is not valuing the money and the status that a woman brings to the relationship. He values all the, he values things that we can't buy. It's like he, trust, it's loyalty, it's, the support. it's respect, support. It's, it, it's the intimacy like you're describing. These are the things that he's valuing from a woman. But the woman is thinking because she's bringing a check and a bank to the table that all of a sudden that this is something that he's going to value. But we're seeing things differently. We're not understanding each other biologically. We're having issues. We're not studying one another. And we're thinking one-sided. And because of that now, we're, we're not in harmony anymore. We're, we're the neutral. synergy, we're, right. we're neutral. Right. So, like, and a lot of women, keep in mind, you have to do things to groom your femininity. Like, you have to do things, like, I, I know a lot of women now that this is becoming more popular. I see women doing a lot of pole dancing. They say, man, this is just hot. I just feel so sensual. It feels so good. I feel so much like a woman after I do this. That's excellent. How many women are just going to work, waking up, being around men all damn day? Then they go back home. They had this trauma-ass, hardened past. They got a bad relationship with their dad, and they coming hard as hell around dudes <laughs> all day because they they're not intentional about making sure you're really maintenancing your feminine essence. Mm-hmm. And these are just things that we have to do. It's the intentionality behind it. And when we talk in, I mean, Ryan made a blanket-ass statement. I mean, it was, a, it was a blanket statement with very strong inflammatory language. And then when you throw on, you throw on top of it the caption of high-earning women are less attractive, mm-hmm. what it does is it, it brings out a lot of the preconceived notions that both men and women have about one another. Right. right? So all of a sudden, that first off, I, I never actually stated that. Right, that high earning women were less. I don't know who did that. (laughs) But once you put it out, it's like, you know, men are going to be insecure if a woman makes more money. Men want women bonded to the household. You know, uh, men, you know, got little dicks because they don't like they, you know, woman making money. It's all and we're broke. And And we're broke. And we're broke and got small hands and are are five three. I mean, (laughs) but why is why does it have to be all of that? Why why can't it be, hey, what is this what is this young man talking about? And is there something that us women can also do better to improve. Absolutely. And that's, that's why I reached out to you. Right. Because right. I said, you know, he said what he said, but that's all we got was just that statement. Right. There was no other, you know, supporting evidence. Correct. <laughs> you know, and so I, I truly wanted to understand where you all were coming from with the, with the statement that you made. And this is the thing. There are women, I, and to include myself, that want to be heard, you know, want to be taken seriously in the workforce, also want to be taken seriously at home, you know, and so it can come across as being assertive, you know, and some men don't like that. Some men feel as if, you know, that's challenging their manhood, all of the above, you know. That's true. But at the same time, what you have to understand, you have to look at it from her perspective as well. 
So while we're trying to be everything for ourselves to accomplish what we need to accomplish career-wise, we're also trying to do that at home too. But you have to also put yourselves in our shoes and say, you know what? She's fighting an uphill hill battle because it's, not the, it's, it's becoming the new norm for women to make more money than men. That wasn't always accepted. Right. It right. wasn't. And, it's, and, it, and from what y'all was saying, it's still not accepted. It, right. Because of the various things that could come along with it. We could could this conversation to death. We could. All day we could say, well, they could, they could do this or we could do this or we could do that. But at the end of the day, it's knowing the actual person, like the lady that you're talking about. She said she's got... What did she say? The career? Yep, the career. Good job and good money. Good job and good money. But did you have a conversation with her to find out the other qualities that she has? Did y'all talk about that? You heard those two things, and it was, you've disqualified it was red, yeah, yourself. Yeah, it, it was red flag. It's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, those yeah. are the two red flags for you. Are you right? But what, what other qualities are you going to bring into a relationship? Like you said, the trust, the honesty, all of that. Because we want that from y'all, too. So this is right. the thing. Y'all will lead with money. Yeah. Men will lead with money all day long. Yeah. And you think that we're supposed to be like, oh, yeah, okay, he got this watch on. He's driving this specific car. He lives here. And it's attractive because it gives you a form of confidence because that's one area of your life you can check out, you know, check the box and say, I'm self-sufficient. I got money. But we also, the, women will date men that don't, are not high earners because they get those other those attributes that traits, you were speaking right. about. That's true. So it's the same way with women, too. So it's all about your, perspe- your perception and what you're looking at. I do know men that truly do seek women who have money because they want somebody who is their equal, so to speak, on that level because they know when they come together, they're a force. They're a force together. But they also understand the other, at- the other attributes that she brings to the table as well. So that's where the dating comes in and all that. But you can't. The problem I had with your statement was it was such a blanket statement. Yeah, yeah. It was such a, it was a catch-all. It was like, you know, you've just disqualified yourself because of those things. But when you really get to know an individual and see what else they bring to the table, it's more, the money is superficial. We know money it comes and goes, you know. You're up one minute, the next minute you're not. So what other things does she come to the table with? And it doesn't also always mean that it's going to be this masculine energy that she's bringing. We want love, too. We want, to, we want to come into a relationship and be submissive. We want our men to lead us. I want to be led. I don't want to come into a relationship and have to make all the decisions for myself. I might as well be single. So these are things that we want. And because of past traumas and things of that nature and, and the, work, the workforce, it can make us a little harder exteriorly. But do your job and break us down. Mm. She prepared for Shit. this. She prepared for this. As a matter of fact, here's, here's what I wanted. You actually said, Ooh. like, you, you pointed at me and said, "I got something for you too, Ty." Like, did yeah. you did you get it out already? No, I didn't. Okay, let's let's. let's I, 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 think, I, think I, okay. I think I think I got a note. I can think I know what's coming. So on that same episode, okay, you mentioned a birthday trip, right? And are you still dating a lady? First of all, no. Okay, all right. Okay. Let's trash her. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the thing. So if y'all didn't see it, y'all need. To, first of all, y'all need to go watch that whole last. Episode. Which most people did not. They just started trashing us after yeah. 30 seconds of <laughs> yeah. a clip. Okay, right. but go ahead. All right, so you mentioned that this young lady who you were dating, she was a high earner, right? Made yes. well over 300000 a year. Yes. So she was way up there. Okay, she, she decided to take you away for a birthday trip. Yes. Great gesture. You're somewhere. You're on your phone checking emails. Her body language starts to show she's a little annoyed by the fact that, and, and jump in and finish your story if you need to. 
but she's a little annoyed by the fact that you're not attentive to her and you're taking care of business at that point in time, right? So I'm sending some emails. I'm a new entrepreneur at this time, guys. So these fires going off in my business while I'm trying to have a good time. So I, I send a couple emails here and there, blah, 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 and I see that she is turned off by this. So she gets up, she goes to the bathroom, clear attitude. Like you see the attitude. Y'all know when you, you see the attitude. You can feel it. You can feel it. Yeah, you can feel the attitude. So when she came back, I asked her. I said, hey, like, you know, what's, what's going on? I could, you know, I could, I could tell you got something going on. <laughs> and she looks at me and she says, with aggression. We got <laughs> to really, I got to let y'all feel assertiveness. this. This is, with, this is his perception, y'all. With the <laughs> assertiveness. Man, listen, I spent all this money to get you out here. And you out here just on your phone handling business. Some along those lines. Mm -hmm. And I will say that at that moment, I did feel emasculated. <laughs> no, you I were. He, now, he was traumatized because when he came back from the trip, Halani, I asked you know, him. Don't the, me traumatized. Listen, <laughs> no, no, he was traumatized because when he came back. They're going to clip trip, that part. I asked him. I said, yo, I said. How was the trip? The first thing he said was, I will never let a woman no, 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 take no, no, me on no, no, trip. No, no, Come on. Yes, did I did. say that? You did say that. Well, listen, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Let me add some context to it. I had a, I had a great time. Mm -hmm. I had a great time. But that was a moment that I really did not like. I did not like that moment. I didn't like the way that moment felt at that point in time. But see, you got to understand, too, because ladies got to understand, too, because that was not feminine energy. Like, there's a way to handle that a lot differently. Like, you know, she could have she could have literally been like, damn, babe, you know, I'm on here with you, you know what I'm saying? And she could have she could have just got naked. Yeah, like yeah, get naked, like baby, like, yeah, damn, not. like I'm over here with you and you about to be on that phone. Like, like it's different ways to embrace your femininity and still get the same result. You don't have to pull your dick out, right, at the dinner table while you know, while I'm while I'm over here trying to make sure I I, I don't go out of business and I can keep food coming and money coming in. And it was, you know, I, I just felt like that was an inappropriate way to handle that situation. Okay, so let's not let's not make it like this woman is just so aggressive with this situation. Okay, let me let me help you right here. So, Ooh. communication is key in everything. Communication is key. So literally, yes, her delivery could have been a little better in terms of, hey, you know, I put forth the effort to show you I appreciated you by bringing you out here for your birthday, and I don't feel like you're being as attentive to that by being on your phone. You didn't even have to bring up that you bringing me out here. But this is the thing. If the tables were turned and it was you. That would have been inappropriate. That would have been inappropriate. If the tables were turned and it was you that took her out there and she's on her phone without communicating. All you had to do was say, hey, babe, let me, I need to check a few emails real quick. That would have deaded that whole conversation right there. If you had just said, hey, let me just check these emails real quick. I'll be right there. You, just give me a moment. I got to handle a little business, right? So you're saying you got to take some preventative measures. To, pro to avoid her masculinity to come out. <laughs> I got I to I gotta say something we, to make her feminine. We do that now. My husband and I do that now. Because literally, we'll be on vacation, and he's on his phone. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I got to check these emails. I gotta, I, I'm responding to stuff. So now, he's, he tells me, hey, babe, I got to check these emails real quick. So I know it's all about communication because it comes across as you're not interested. And on the flip side, if it was you who took the effort to show a gesture of appreciation and you took her somewhere and she's just on her phone, it comes across as like you're not appreciative for the situation because forget money, forget money, right? Say if it was an award for some type of activity, right? So say, you know, it was a, a 5K and whoever won this 5K got this trip to Costa Rica, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So she went, she trained, right? So she can win this 5K. 
so she could take your butt to Costa Rica, right? <laughs> so she wins it. She didn't put any money. It was just the effort behind it. She trained. She went out there. She won the race. She got the tickets. She took you to Costa Rica, right? And then she still comes at you with the same thing. I trained for five months to win this race to bring you here, and you're, you're, not, you're not here. You're not present in the moment. Would you have perceived that better if it wasn't about money? So, see, what I'm saying, see, and I, I think we have a, we have, we having a hard time knowing what femininity really looks like because it's not about the, the resource or the activity or the effort. It's about the way you kind of go about it. Like, and I think when, 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 a, when we see a really truly divine feminine woman, there's something very special about that and how she communicates, and how she gets what she wants. And that's what a man is really attracted to, is what I'm saying. Because, like, the fact that that was even, I understand that I could have communicated better. I, I'm, I'm going to take accountability for that. I could have said up front, hey, look, I'm, I'm about to handle some emails because it's like some crazy shit going on right now. I could have done that. Instead, I was pulling it out over and over again, sending an email here and there, right? That's where the annoyance came from. But either way... Like when a when a woman is harboring or when she does like the masculinity is going to show itself either way. If you are not necessarily, again, really embracing and developing that femininity, this like this aggressiveness can come out and show itself. And I didn't even mention this, but another statement like that actually occurred later on in the trip. That's actually why I did bring it up. I remember because it was like another version of that did happen again where money was brought up in the situation. And see, the thing about it is that is just, uh, even for men, I even say to men, like we should not even be bringing up money with women, period. Right. Like we shouldn't be bringing up how much money we make. We shouldn't be bringing up how much money we spent to, to get sex, any of that. It's just, it's just a turn off, period. Now, money didn't make it worse. I mean, if it was some 5K, this, this elaborate damn <laughs> hypothetical response, right. she, she wrote that shit at home right. like, okay, well, I'm gonna make it a 5K and I'm gonna get his ass with this 5K. But I mean, either way, it's this effort. Like it's the same thing. Like the, it's it's this. You, you, we we change the money to the to the energy that was exerted. But th see, that's not what see. Femi true femininity. Shout out to to Queen April Mace. She put me on this because she actually agreed with my point. She said femininity is not an action; it's a state of being. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we really understand what that really looks like. But as men, we know what it feels like. I agree. And that did not feel right. And she could have done that a better way. But again, a lot of us are not even seeing this or really embracing this and knowing how to, I mean, at that point, you know how to stroke a man's ego. You can get whatever you want. True. Damn, babe, I'm sitting over here looking good That's like true. this. And you're just, you just going to be all on your phone it's like It's about that. the delivery. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. okay, baby, I'm tripping. My bad, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. <laughs> yeah. I feel way different about the situation. But again, it's us understanding each other. Right. And knowing how to get what you want. Use the man's ego to get what you want. And if we understand each other better, we can actually, like you said, communicate. We can communicate more effectively to each other. Right? I agree. I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. And what I'm hearing is that you're kind of associating the masculinity with the assertiveness, the aggressiveness behind what's being communicated. Absolutely. The words and the tone. Right, right. And so... What I think should change there, just to kind of level the understanding, stop calling that being masculine. Don't call that being masculine. The approach is wrong, but it's not necessarily that the person is even trying to give off 
masculine energy. They're just, they're communicating to you the way they know how to communicate to you. And not that it's right or that it's wrong, but depending on the environment that they're in on a regular basis, the environment they're in at that current time, and the events that led up to that, that all contributes to how things are communicated, whether it's given off assertiveness or not. But we can't say because of the way that somebody chooses to communicate how they feel that it's given off masculine energy. Because what would you like? What would you have liked for her to say? I told you. I told you. <laughs> no, but so, so forget the, the sexual side of it. But for her, because she was annoyed at this point. She's annoyed with you. You've, you've taken your phone in and out, in and out. It didn't mm-hmm. happen one time. She, at this point, she's had it. She's got up. She's walked away. She's come back. She's pissed. What do you want at that point? When you're pissed... No one's thinking about, let me be sexual with this man Not to make him do sexual. what I want to do. Let me, I'm, you know, I really don't like what you're doing right now. You're making me feel like you're not present. She's mad. So all that's gone out the window. Now, had y'all addressed it, and, and I'm not taking up for her. I'm not. I'm just, in a way, I just want you to understand. You're not? No, I want you to understand that. How much did she pay you? It's, <laughs> it's more to it than just what we're saying. It's more to it than that. Yeah. So you're not wrong for feeling how you were feeling. You're not wrong. And I'm not wrong for fe- saying what I'm saying. We're not wrong. It's a matter of perspective. But to come to a common ground with this perception that we all have, how do we do that? How do mm. we do that? So you guys keep saying the masculine energy, masculine energy. But when I hear that from you guys, what that says to me is that you don't necessarily like someone being assertive with you. You want someone that's a little bit more subservient. Well, assertiveness is a masculine trait, right? Like right. When, we, when we think of sub, like when you think of divine masculine traits, there's assertiveness, there's discipline, there's order, there's like there's logic, there's rationale, like there's these like when you think of divine feminine traits, there's patience, there's intuition, there's love, there's nurturing. Like there, there, there are these different traits, and we all now let's be clear, we all possess the, right. the divine like feminine and masculine within us. We mm-hmm. all, but we have an essence about ourselves. As a man, I have a more masculine essence about ourselves. And women, you have a more feminine essence. And yes, you can, you got to dig into, you know, different ones. Like I need to, divine feminine, that's empathetic. Empathy is a divine feminine trait, but I have to be empathetic as a man Mm -hmm. to really be at my highest and best. To be at my highest, I have to show empathy and to be patient and to do these different things. But in that situation there, she decided to dig into her masculine bag, is <laughs> what I'm saying. And, she and dug money, into the yeah. bag. And she, she did leverage money in now, that leveraging situation. leveraging money, I don't agree with. I definitely don't agree with the leveraging money aspect of it. That should never be on either side. Either way, I no agree. No one should ever throw out, okay, I spent this, and so because I spent this, this should create the respect. That That's why she cre- created the 5K. But, but, but check this out, guys. <laughs> but, but, but check this out, guys. Check this out. It sounds like nobody is right or wrong. We're going to be 50-50. On this one here, we're gonna be fifty fifty. But here's what I want to do. On this one. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna close out in this note here because I got a question. Because I think this is gonna be telling. Mm-hmm. Because you are somebody that has a circle that I imagine have a lot of successful, high earning women. Yes. In your circle, mm-hmm. and the way that the women responded to that um, that that message that was put out, let me know that a lot of women have a relationship with what was said. Mm -hmm. So do you know any women personally in your circle that are communicating that they're struggling, hiring women that are struggling actually finding a man for any reason? Yes. Okay. What are they communicating the reasons might be? 
Exactly that, because they make money. And because they make money, it's an automatic assumption that they can't be patient, nurturing, be softer. They're going to come with this masculine energy because they are high earners. And it's just a perception without even truly getting to know the individual. There's no truth. There's no. So, so these guys date them. They're all of these things. They're patient. They're nurturing. They're, 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 I mean, divine feminine women. And all of these guys are just putting them to the side because of the amount of money they make. No, absolutely not. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. No. Okay. So is there truth to it? There is some truth to it, but not because of money. Okay. Not because of money. Like, you got to understand that there are women out here that don't make money that still have these masculine traits. That oh, that's down. Right. I agree. They I in the hood. They all in the hood. Yeah. Oh. They all in the hood. Yeah, they're going to get you for that. Yeah, they oh, are. They are. They're going to get you right. for that. Yeah, they're going to clip that. But no, but it, it goes out. both ways. It's not, it's not that we, we have certain traits because of the amount of money that we make. Some of these things are just innately in, within us because of just what we've talked about this whole time, past traumas, and even the current environment that you're in. If you're in a current environment where everyone around you are high earners, that's what you're going to aspire towards. That's what you're going to want. So all of that plays a part, but we can't take and generalize every situation and say this person has the behavior that they have because they make money. Because it's not. Because you got girls out here that are not making any money, women, who, and I'm not going to say any money, but you have $40,000 a year salaries, and they still have the same type of energy that you're talking about. I can agree with you with that. It's, it's, it's a lot of assumptions that's made because I can even see these women because I'm, I'm looking at you like you got your, you shining, you got your diamonds on, you got your body in, be looking tight. And I would imagine that a lot of men wouldn't even approach a woman like you because of these preconceived notions that they have about these masculine traits and things. So I do think it works from both ways. And then you'll be surprised the men that do approach me and I'm saying, mm -mm. even if I wasn't married, I would never date you. Wow. So... There, I mean, this is the thing. What you have to look at as men, for you guys, you guys are both single, right? Right, right. Okay. So there are certain traits that you want in a woman. And I would think that some of those traits would be some of those masculine traits that you described as being disciplined. Yeah. Being ambitious. This is true. You know, those things. And so you don't want a bum. That's right. not what you want. <laughs> That's true. Nope. You don't want a bum in the, in the relationship with you. So look at the potential for someone that has created a certain lifestyle for herself and say, you know what? That's admirable because she's defeated certain odds, especially if she's a black woman. Absolutely. To say that she's created this level of life for herself, level of living. Okay, cool. Let me get to know her. Let me get to know more of her. Now she comes with all that stuff you're talking about. All right. But it's not all of us. It's not everybody because always remember that these women, they're seeking mates too they want partners they want people a man or whatever your preference is that they can come into a relationship add value go on and you know build this life together now you're both bringing this positivity into the relationship you know but when we start generalizing people that's where all the assumptions come in because we, we literally can't do that because everything I can point back at you and you and any person that's not making money and say they're doing the same thing there's always an exception to the rule, yeah. and, and you yeah. know you 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 obviously are a clear exception to the rule as well, which I thought, which is why you were an amazing person to bring on the platform. And man, is, when I even think about it, you know, especially we we talking about 
black women? Because first of all, nowhere in that, you know, like message was it ever meant for black women. Like no, they, they took that. But black, black women they, have the most connection to it. They, a black woman have a, a, a big connection. And let's yeah. talk about because that. Because you're a black man who said it. Absolutely. You're a black man who said it. So the thing about it is there's a lot of statistics that I, just so we can be clear, I am not against black women getting money. And I understand this position that black women have put in historically why they not even just want to do what they do, but they have to do what they've been doing. So I get why they are the fastest growing group of even entrepreneurs. And we hear these different statistics. But, I mean, I, I celebrate it. And I'm, I'm, I'm still a part of me is still sad about that at the same time because of why they are the fastest group of entrepreneurs, of growing entrepreneurs. And I feel that has a lot to do with us as men, which is why we have this platform. This platform is about male accountability. I truly believe a nation and a group of people only goes as far as it's men. And not just it's men, but it's masculine men. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So like us, we really do have to step up and protect these women and to like put them in households that they can grow and flourish inside of to go about rebuilding and reestablishing our community so we can build strong families. When you look at our divorce rates, right? When you look at the statistics about our mental health, when you look at the statistics about our education, we talk in, edu we talk in generational wealth and entrepreneurship. If we don't get this family shit right, none of that matters. Because right. wealth is built for the majority through marriage. Yes. So we need to be together. We need to have very strong, healthy families. Right. We need to. And I, I want to be clear, too, because there's a bit of confusion about why we have this platform and what we stand for. But we are for happy families. We're not those other guys. We, We're not trying to make money off the, the plight of, of, of women. Hell right. no. We're right. not, we not dissing no black women or none of that right. weak shit. I actually am pro-family. I'm actually pro-love. I'm pro-black love. I'm pro all of the things that we need to build and restore our communities and even just especially just men in general. Men, we got to be stronger and hold ourselves accountable even for the shit that we see going on on a day-to-day -day basis. And I, I wanted to make that very clear because it's a lot of confusion and misconceptions about where we were coming from. Um, and you know, people, and we're not picking sides either, man. We want to bring a very balanced and objective perspective to the show because that's the only way that we can have healthy conversations about this. Absolutely. And, and you never mentioned any national group whatsoever in what you said, you made a blanket statement. And so, yeah, let's be clear. You never specifically pointed to black women, but it did resonate more with that group of women because you're a black man that said that. Right. And so automatically it triggered them to say, well, he's discounting me. Mm -hmm. I disqualified myself to date this black man, why? And so like you said, you know, it's your job to protect the black woman. It is. It's your job to do that. As a leader, as someone that has the, the, has the qualifications to create the generational wealth and move it along in the family dynamic, it is your job to protect black women at all costs. It is. And so... The thing is, as I said earlier, if we as women feel safe, if we feel loved, if we feel protected, we'll be anything you need us to be, regardless of how much money we make or not. And y'all will multiply that shit, too. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> and then that generational wealth that you're talking about, we'll go get it together. We'll go get it together because on the home front, things are as they should be. So everybody's got roles and responsibilities in a situation, in a, in a relationship. And when most of those roles are handled properly, everything flows the way it's supposed to, regardless if she's a high earner or not. 
I love it. I love it. You know what? Damn, I, listen, man. I want all the boss chicks that know her line. I want y'all to DM me right now. <laughs> Applications is open. I am hiring a boss chick. Today. All of you disqualified <laughs> chicks are now qualified. <laughs> Welcome to the team, baby. We love Thankful. you. <laughs> and, and you need to get a t-shirt that says disqualified, cross it out. Qualify. Oh, hey, she know the branding. She know the branding. <laughs> hey, look, hey, look, let me, man. Listen, this was so good. When I think of what you said before, the difference between motion and action. Today, we took action. Yeah, like the a, a big part of this platform is us. This is a part of our healing right here. Us having constructive conversation, raw, unfiltered, constructive conversation. And I learned a lot today. I hope you learned a lot. I did. And let yeah. me tell you something. I did learn some things from you guys that it's going to make me behave a little differently, too. <laughs> okay, excellent. Yeah. Okay. yeah, we're keeping them in check for you, Jason. <laughs> yeah, 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 we got we're keeping right. them we in check right. for you over there, dog. <laughs> hey, but look, man, listen, this was amazing. I yeah, can imagine, amazing. I can imagine yeah. a lot of people going to want to know how to get in contact with you. And please let the listeners know how they can do so. Absolutely. So on IG, I am Mrs. Two Weeks Out, MRS, the number two. Weeks out, that's pretty much where everything that I have is I'm located. Um, my clothing brand is The Body Envy. Um, I also have a mentorship called Bosch University, you guys. So you can reach me for sure at Mrs. Two Weeks Out on IG. You represented today. Yeah. yeah. Hey, look, hey, look check the description, too. Hopefully, we get some links up in there. Yo, so yeah, just, we need to get just some of this body just envy. In case. Some of this body envy. Check it in case. Yeah, it should okay. be some good products in there. So you need, we need to support this one right here We're trying to make so some we money. can keep it higher. Right <laughs> we got to keep it. But look, guys, listen. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Harley Initiated. We are out. That shit was...